From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Today, we talk with naturalist Cy Montgomery, whose birding adventures led her into one of the world's oldest sports, falconry. Montgomery is the award-winning author of some 33 books, and her latest is The Hawk's Way, Encounters with Fierce Beauty. She joins us by Skype from New Hampshire, where Cy apprenticed with a master falconer whose hunting partners were a Harris's hawk and a German wire-haired pointer. Cy Montgomery, it is a joy to welcome you back to Troy Public Radio by Skype. Well, the pleasure is mine. <laughs> Cy, you are a well-known naturalist and a talented writer. The last time you and I visited, we were talking about The Hummingbird's Gift. This was one of your books about these delightful little hummingbirds. But today we're going to the other end of the spectrum and talking about raptors. Yeah, I'll say it's quite, it's quite the difference, isn't it? How did you become so intrigued with raptors? Well, I think pretty much all of us find hawks and eagles and any of that group of predatory birds absolutely magnificent and fascinating. We're held in thrall by their speed and their grace and their arresting ferocity. They remind us of dinosaurs. And in fact, they are descendants of dinosaurs. They're descendants of the theropod dinosaurs like Allosaurus and Tyrannosaurus rex and Velociraptor. So I've always loved them. But what started this book off was that my husband, God bless him, Howard Mansfield, who's also a writer, by the way, a better one than me, he was listening to the radio, source of all great information, and uh, heard an advertisement for the New Hampshire School of Falconry that was starting up not far from our house and during about a half an hour away. Well, I became the first student of the New Hampshire School of Falconry. And I was handed what I thought was the most beautiful bird in the world, a gorgeous mahogany brown with yellow feet, super sharp beak, and piercing eyes, a Harris's hawk. And as this bird sat on my glove, I completely fell in love and was drawn into its mystery and its majesty and wanted to know everything about these birds. Cy, the bird's name was Jazz, four years old, female. You began to learn that there is a lot of protocol in falconry, and if you make a wrong move, you can get injured. Yes, you can also injure the bird, which is even worse. I was so struck by the difference between interacting with a bird of prey and interacting with every other animal I've ever dealt with. I even got a rhinoceros to roll over one time. It was someone's rhino. It wasn't a wild rhino. I've befriended an octopus, all with gentle touch. But the thing about these birds of prey, they don't want you to touch them. They don't enjoy it. They hate it. You want to let them perch on your glove. What you have to do is instead of training the bird with rewards, that doesn't work at all. You have to convince them that you are a worthy junior hunting partner. 
and that is the only way that they will tolerate you. And yet you were looking at a hunting scene with a master falconer, and a dog was involved. So how did the bird account for the dog? Generally, these birds don't like dogs, and they will sit in a tree and scream at the dog how much they hate the dog and how much they wish the dog would go away. But they're very smart about anything to do with hunting. And I got to see my falconry instructor, Nancy Cowan, let her bird discover that her dog could point to game. And this was not lost on the bird. As soon as Stormy, her German short-haired pointer, actually pointed to game and showed where that little prey item was, as soon as the hawk perceived this, no more was that hawk going to scream at that dog. Now they're watching the dog. They're watching the point. And they're watching us on the ground, too, in case we scare up game. And that's the only way to your bird's heart. If you fail to scare up game, it doesn't matter how nice you are to the bird, how much you love the bird, how beautiful you think it is. Your falconry bird, if you're not doing him any good, he's just going to fly away and you will never see him again. Psy falconry is such an ancient sport. Who is practicing falconry today? Falconry actually is being practiced all over the world. It's very well known in the Middle East, actually. There's huge falconry meets, and there are hospitals for injured and sick hawks, falcons, and eagles. It's big business, but it's done just about everywhere that these birds live, and they live pretty much all over the world. It's a very old human practice, the art of hunting with another species. And it's something I think we hunger for today in a world in which sometimes we feel very disconnected from the natural world. This is a great way to connect with another being whose mind is totally unlike your own. And I think it stretches your heart open. It stretches your mind open and enhances your capacity for compassion. Here you are hunting with this creature who has superpowers that you don't. The visual acuity of a hawk dwarfs our own. Their eyes are twice as big as their brains. But man, when you're hunting with a hawk, you realize that they are seeing at a great distance in incredible detail. They're capable of seeing colors that we can't even name. And they are capable of seeing things so quickly that when we see the blur of a hummingbird's wing, they see each wing beat. You're the recipient of a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Humane Society. Where do hawks fit into our environment, and how do they serve mankind? Well, as you know, predators at the top of the food chain are extremely powerful in keeping the world whole. We have seen through studies that when you eradicate predators, what happens is a catastrophe known as a trophic cascade. When you eliminate predators, it changes not just their direct prey, but it actually changes the chemistry of the soil and the water. Everything is connected in an important way. And we have a tendency as human beings to try to eradicate predators because we feel that they compete with us. 
but that's an incorrect way to look at the wholeness of the world as our creator made it. Everything really does depend on everything else. And Sai, I know that you realize that falconry has been recognized by UNESCO as, quote, intangible cultural heritage of humanity. And I'm really pleased that that happened. But it is really part of the cultural heritage of mankind, and it should be celebrated because this partnership between people and animals is something that makes us human, being part of the larger world. And I think falconry really reiterates that and reminds us that we aren't the only species that matters. I want to thank you for your visit today. It is such a joy to look at the world through the eyes and heart of a naturalist like yourself. Well, the pleasure was mine. It's wonderful talking with you. Joining us by Skype from New Hampshire was naturalist Cy Montgomery, who still flies raptors from time to time. Her latest book is The Hawk's Way, Encounters with Fierce Beauty. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.